Hello and welcome to Unions in the UK, a podcast about unions in the UK. My name's Henry, pronouns they, them. Uh, and I'm Corey, my pronouns are she, her. Uh, and we're here to talk about some union stuff today. Corey, what specific things are we talking about today? Uh, so, last episode we gave a bit of an overview of what the state of organising is in the UK for the legislation. Uh, today I want to talk a bit about why you should dedicate your time to union organising. Obviously everyone's only got so many hours in the day, you've only got so much energy, you've got other commitments. Why should you do union organising above uh, other things? And I'm here to tell you. <laughs> do it. <laughs> and you should you should listen to me, yeah. the, the, the protagonist. Again, we're going to make that fucking joke every single... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we get into that, though, we're going to talk briefly about what we've been up to over the past, what, two weeks, three weeks, since we last posted our Ish, first yeah, episode, yeah, something, something like that. Like that. Um, Corey, do you want to start, and then I'll follow on? Yeah, so, obviously, as a member of PCS, I'm gearing up towards the strike ballot that's coming up in September. Uh, the government have just announced a bunch more stuff that's going to impact the civil service and the public sector negatively, so everyone's super happy about that. Um, It it does really genuinely feel like they're trying to goad us into a strike. Like, I don't... Yeah, it's just really irritating. Like, they basically said that they're going to make nearly 100,000 people redundant, and then they've also announced uh, this week, I think, that the redundancy payment for civil service and public sector workers is being cut by about 26%. So basically you're out of a job and also we're not giving you any money about it. (laughs) Fuck you, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, thanks for all the fish, I guess. Uh, Like, no, like straight up, it it does, it does feel like it's goading at this point. Like, I don't, uh, and and they've attempted to do the whole thing. Look at the unions, they're making a mess of everything. Ruh, ruh, ruh. I yeah. wonder why, maybe this is why <laughs> everything's fucked. Yeah, um, so what I'm doing generally at the moment is just reaching out to members, trying to get them to update your details. Uh, if you are a member of a union, here's your reminder. Go and update your details. Go and make sure we've got the right postcode. Go and make sure you've got the right email address and everything. It's so important and it's so time consuming to ask everyone to update them. I think we um we, we did this bit last episode as well. Like, yeah. Up- update your goddamn details. The, the most useful thing you can do is make sure everyone's got the details up to date. Like it's cause it's still it's taken me this long. I'm still doing this. <laughs> God. It's been weeks. I, I'm getting ready to start doing this soon. Uh, it's exciting. So I'm also uh, kind of doing the same thing that Corey's doing as part of UCU work. Uh, so I'm make, getting in contact with members, uh, getting them to update their details so we can send out the ballots to do some cool balloting. And then I've also uh, volunteered, volunteered myself to call people up and be like, hey, make sure you get your ballots in, please. Please. <laughs> um, and get called a <laughs> tyrant again. I can't wait. <laughs> It's, t- it's tyrannical messaging. It is tyrannical when, messaging. When you message people more than once a week. We, we've learned this now. It wasn't the word tyrannical. It was something similar, but it was just very, very funny. Mm. Um, emails are... I, I can't fucking remember. Like, um, But yeah. Uh, uh, and as, with IWW, I'm doing stuff. Um, 
Cool and good stuff. I'm not... Shush. Uh, I, I can't remember if I told everyone my workplace last time, so I should just keep it at that, really. <laughs> we want to stress that there are no crimes happening. There's no crimes happening, but sometimes union work that you do, you have to be on the hush-hush about it. So, that's probably enough information, more than enough. It's legal, though. <laughs> A lot of confidence in that one. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what that's been a little bit about what we've been up to. Unless you've got anything more to add. Um, no, I know you're going on a bunch of like solidarity marches and things. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've or... got a couple of the IWW people to come with me. But yeah, um, I'm going to be on the. So uh, this episode might not be out in time, but on the yeah. twi- on the twi- I'll try and get it out. But on the twentieth of August. Uh, there's going to be a... Is it the 20th? Saturday, right? It's on Saturday. <laughs> we, uh, there's going to be a solidarity protest with all the strikes that are happening uh, in Manchester. And I'll be down there with my IWW hat on. A metaphorical. I made that joke already, <laughs> but I like that joke. I don't have one of those cool hats that you see on the CNT um, folks and the old Spain pictures. <laughs> but... need to start getting... Like those hats. Like unions should be more dripped out generally. Unions need more hats. Mm. Like I've got my IWW hoodie somewhere. I've got a CWU mug. I'm not even in CWU, but I've got their merch. Oh, I don't have mug, any UCU merch. The mug is good though. Like I need UCU merch though. That's the <laughs> that's they have pink beanies which are pretty cool. Pretty cool. You can see them a mile away, but I I don't have one, and I don't really wear hats, which is a. <laughs> Want so this has just undone everything. <laughs> like, hat to have, not to wear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got merch and stuff. I've got a Unite flag over there for fuck's sake. I don't even have. You, oh, they were just giving those out like hotcakes. Yeah. I have a Unite flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I even talked to the guy. I think he just gave me a flag. <laughs> just like, Do you want a flag? Yeah, just want a flag. Uh, fuck. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, I read a few months ago uh, a book called Lost in Work by Amelia Horgan. It's part of the Outspoken series by Pluto Press. It's really cool. You should uh, look it up. But towards the back of the book, there's a really good definition, I think, of uh, what unions work towards. So I'm just going to read that at length. Uh, There is a little bit here where I need to go back and it's not an exact quote from the book but you know i'm getting the spirit of the thing so that's that's what counts you're gonna get some page turning action as well yeah just get some paper asmr just (laughs) god yeah (laughs) i'm glad that one of us reads (laughs) yeah i i read but don't understand you understand but don't read i think that's how (laughs) that's how this breaks down (laughs) sake Uh, Okay, I'll be quiet now. (laughs) So, yeah, um, this quote. Workers are numerically the largest class in society, but as individuals are isolated and atomized. Bringing them together, the theory goes in political combination in a union, makes them more powerful than they would be alone. Unions have two goals, which at times overlap, but at other times are in conflict with each other. The first of these is the immediate betterment of conditions in a given workplace this might be increasing wages or improving conditions from break room facilities to parental leave 
such demands response to events like the introduction of a new contract or the firing of colleagues. The second goal is the kind emphasised by Marx and Engels when they wrote the following. Now and then the workers are victorious, but only for a time. The real fruit of their battle lies not in the immediate result, but in the ever-expanding union of the workers. The ever-expanding union, the bringing of more and more workers into unions, the increasing of their political consciousness and the building of their collective power. So I think that sums up really well the two what I think of as the goals of like uh, union activism. Firstly, improving the sort of material conditions in a workplace. And secondly, political education and building, uh, building class consciousness and uh, dual power. Um, yeah, any, anything else? Anything that Marx and Engels missed, Henry? Anything you want to add to the canon? Uh, I think uh, <laughs> Marx peed his pants one time, and I think we should <laughs> point that out. <laughs> you can't, you can't say that <laughs> Marx pissed himself. The the thing the is, star, the is I, I did have something. Find us. <laughs> like halfway through that quote, I had something really fucking relevant to say, and then by the time you'd finished it, it had gone out my fucking brain. <laughs> Just so you know, everyone who's listening to the podcast, I had something really smart to say, <laughs> but I can't remember it, so... <laughs> We're currently playing with Minion uh, Electronics right now. <laughs> There's so much Minion merch in this room. <laughs> oh, I had a yellow t-shirt on earlier. Fuck. <laughs> and, and like, I was doing the washing up. And Audio Shan, description. And Corey is currently wearing blue dungos, so... Yeah, blue, du- blue dungarees and a, a now a white t-shirt that I was wearing... A, um, a yellow t-shirt and I was just doing the washing up and Shan came up behind me and was like I figured it out I figured out what you look like you're a fucking minion Good. and it's like no you can't tell this to tell me this while I'm doing the chores <laughs> like you can't you can't do this to me oh banana <laughs> um, anyway okay so uh, in relation to the quote you know it, it's not just about getting that that uh, the direct concessions it's about kind of building a second movement yeah second movement sound like a, a, a what's the word for that okay. when you're getting small concessions on one side and then in the other side you're you, you're building together workers in a du- dual power thank you I, i've been going with dual power where like you well, build, you, you build power a outside separate power base state, yeah, yeah yeah so inside the state you get your small concessions you get your pebbles and shiny rocks mm-hmm. and then outside you're building up a separate society from when yeah, that doesn't have to rely on the beneficence and of the shiny capital, pebbles and the shiny <laughs> pebbles given to you. So one of the other things that I read was a climate strike, uh, not too long ago by uh, Derek Wall, and in that there's a bit where Derek talks about uh, biographical availability, which I think is actually sort of the crux of why i think union activism is a really good one for people to get involved with because biographical availability is basically the idea that you've got to have time to expend on activism so you know um it's the reason like you see more like pensioners and students at protests and turning out to like political party stuff um, and why there's that like stereotype of like any activist is a student it's because they have the time it's because they 
like the way their lives are structured gives them time to pursue these things that they care about, which is cool and good. I'm, I'm a fan of them having this time. I see you're, you're painting a picture of like a yeah. uh, metropolitan elite. Yeah, I see, I yeah see. absolutely. All the, the posh rich students are going out. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I'm in favour of. How does this affect me, of. the working person? <laughs> the working they. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to say working man, but I was like, that's not me. <laughs> Just some casual self-misgendering All to, the time. to make me look like a fool. Okay. All the time. <laughs> but yeah, um, <clears throat> so biographical availability, basically the, the idea that you've got to have this time in your life. And I think... Union activism, because at its core is organised around the workplace, it means that more people will have more of this availability to take advantage of, because you're already stuck in work. You have to do that. You have to do that or you starve. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the deal. So you might as you might as well take that and and do something with it like yeah you've you've got this thing already you've got all these people stuck together mm -hmm. pretty much the same time every single day yeah you'll be seeing these same people they'll all have similar interests like economically to you they will all want paying more they will all want like a less burdensome work day that uh, many of them will also want like more control over their work day and the work they do things like this and some of them might even be uh, <laughs> reds under the bed, as it were. But... Yeah, like I, I had actually a really weird conversation with someone at work where I was, you know, I was just talking to them. Um, like they were supervising me in like a secondment that I was on at one point, uh, and they were one of the people who just had to make sure that I wasn't, you know, doing anything stupid. And, like, completely messing up this this work that I was supposed to be doing. Nice. But, like, we just ended up, like, talking generally. And they revealed that they were, like, really into, like, leftist theory and stuff. And I was like, yes, okay, this is, I can, I can talk to you about this. Everything up to now was a lie. <laughs> I, I have a fucking picture for this. I think I posted it in our personal Discord the other day. It was like uh, it's 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 one guy going yeah I'm kind of kind of a lefty and the other guy going oh yeah I, like I read Marx and then the other person goes yeah I think I miss I I, I did not go far enough with <laughs> what I said initially <laughs> like yeah so yeah I think that's also the thing is like you don't know how on board with uh, like leftism generally like union activism like i'm gonna lump union activism in with leftism because they are fundamentally tied yeah. together yeah you do have some groups that represent um class interests that are probably probably skew more towards the right i mean at some point we can talk about uh what are they called sweetheart unions yeah exactly like you've got you've got these these uh groups like this. i think there's one for teachers where like their selling point is we'll never go on strike and it's like <laughs> what are you do what are you doing we're useless <laughs> don't vote for us <laughs> we <laughs> hear everything and ourselves <laughs> <laughs> thank you simpsons yeah. um <laughs> beyond like these areas where like capital has co-opted trade unionism to do its own purpose as capitalism co-opts everything um 
generally union organizing is intrinsically tied with leftist ideology. So I am going to continue tying those together forever mm -hmm. and there's nothing you can do to stop me. But you defined your terms and that's what's important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, as I said, like, you'll never know how on board with these kinds of things people are. Um, I think there's especially like a, uh, a tendency within like left-wing people to think that they're really extreme and think that they're really, really out there when most of the views are just... Like, I hate the word... I hate, like, the term common sense because, like, that's a bit of a yeah. misnomer. But, like, it's a thing that is widely believed by a lot of people. Like, a lot of people do believe, at the very least, in some leftward movement economically or, or socially or something... If you are, if you explain it to them in, you know, a way that impacts them in a way that they can apply to their own personal lives. Like, Not there's, there's right-wingers <laughs> that will, like, have a lot of, like, self-described right-wingers that yeah. will, that will, like, have a lot of, like, ideas and stuff that, like, mm. come out of this union movement and everything, like... Yeah, and, like, I think, I think the... The thing with union organising is it's really good at getting you to have those conversations with people so you do know where you stand with, with them. Obviously, there are right-wing people that you work with that you're, you're never going to be able to make like proper proper inroads with where they just don't believe in any sort of leftism at all. But most people do fundamentally believe that things should be better for themselves. Well, and <laughs> we live in Britain. So. Yeah. Oh, the learned helplessness of this <laughs> goddamn island. People are so, so, so ready to just accept that, like things, things can't get better because they think things could be worse. They, they think things the could be worse so hard. Sorry, they, they, they are afraid, well, things could be worse so hard that that rationalises into, that means things can't get better because any change is automatically things getting worse. Uh, they, no matter what D. Ream said. Oh, sweet! <laughs> I was shaking. <laughs> I was trying to get that reference in there. Oh. Yeah. God, 1997, what a time. Uh, uh, we're still there. It's still 1997, forever. according to the Labour Party. <laughs> um, where were we? Um, uh, I was just talking about how trade union, like it's it's good to have these conversations with people and, um, yeah. So like in terms of those two goals of trade unionism, like the improvement of material conditions, things like that, um, <clears throat> that's that's something that typically unions will sell themselves on. It's something that um, obviously like your stereotypical uh, Marxists, socialists, communists, uh, like stereotypical lefties will be super in invested in because it's improving the material conditions of people. And obviously things like that is how we won the the weekend, the eight hour workday. Um, you know, generally, if you look at any sort of conditions in your workplace that are good, Chances are union organising was involved somewhere along the line, whether that was like industry standards, um, which means that union, like 
<clears throat> whether it's an industry standard that unions got put into place across the board or where they were strong, which means everyone had to keep up with it, or whether it's specifically in your workplace, if there's been an active union for any amount of time, there will be some improvements they can point to and go, yeah, we argued for that, we did that. Um, I can give a very good example in our universities. I still I still haven't learned what GTAs are, but, <laughs> but they're a graduate teaching assistant, maybe. That sounds right. That let's sounds go, right. Let's go with it. I don't know. Could better. be that. Um, they weren't given sick pay until, what, three or four months ago? Um, during a strike that we were doing, and they were like, okay, because they realised that the, GT- the GTAs were a hot point. Like, mm. they were kind of the the thing that a lot of this was balancing on, because one of the things was casualization, and they are pretty casualized. Mm. Um, or, what's the word? Zero-hour contract sort of thing, and fixed-term contracts sort yeah, of like thing. Precarious work, precarious workers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've so, heard, like... I've heard someone say, call that, like, the precariat, yeah, which yeah. I really like, because I like adding... Ariats to the end of words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very portmanteaus are pretty good as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, the un- the university obviously saw that and were like, right, if we can break this group, we've broken the strike. But they failed to realise that they were throwing something that they definitely should have already had. <laughs> like here you go, we'll stop kicking you in the shins. And we're like. <laughs> Just, I get thanks. <laughs> this is a great baseline to exist at. Yes. yes. Okay. Like, let's talk about making things good now. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, there will be examples probably in your if you've got a large enough workplace of your workplace getting slightly better as a result of union organising. Yeah. And you, you as an activist, someone who would be looking to potentially like dedicate some of your time to activism and improving things. Uh, around yourself that's that's already your goal like unions already share that goal with you so getting involved in union activism is a really good way to both like realize that goal and get in contact with other people who are experienced in achieving those aims which means that you know if in time you do uh, then decide to go and dedicate more of your time to climate activism, if you'd go and dedicate your time to um, like health activism, like the um, uh, there's a bunch of really cool people doing good stuff of like uh, disability advocacy uh, across like the NHS and stuff because disabled people are treated very poorly by the medical system. Um, but activism generally is sort of follows the same principles everywhere and if you use you if you are interested in improving things materially getting involved in union activism where it's very easy to see what changes have occurred very easy to like win these changes with the support of your co-workers and it's very easy to get the knowledge from the people that you are <clears throat> that you are uh, doing activism with, you can then take that to other struggles that uh, you want to get involved with when you have that like biographical availability. Um, yeah, so that's like the first goal of unions and how I think it aligns with a lot of activist mentality of like those concrete wins, those those definite changes. Uh, <clears throat> the second one is a bit more. A bit more like long term, a bit bigger, a bit weirder, a bit more 
theoretical almost, I suppose. Uh, it's that idea of sort of like dual power and things like that. And this is where you need to sort of look at the uh, some more like historic examples of like how unions have done this. Because obviously like um, you could point at like the, the eight hour work day and go, there, that, that's goal number one, that's improving the conditions. Goal number two is a, a little bit weirder. Um, you've got to sort of look at things like uh, the IWW, the International Workers of the World, and like the CNT, uh, who uh, were in Spain in the early 1900s. There's, uh, there's a couple. Of, I think IWW is part of another one as well. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which it is. I should know that, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know the full uh, breakdown of the acronym for the CNT, um, do you because, speak Spanish? Because, it, because it's in Spanish and uh, I don't know languages. Mm. I barely know English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but these these unions um, were more involved in uh, like building consciousness and building uh, class solidarity, things like that. Um, and you sort of saw the the payoff of, of that in like the most dramatic ways it's when you got like the um the virginia mine wars like that's a result as far as i'm concerned of this consciousness raising it's that is people like deciding that actually they they had enough strength outside of the state they had enough knowledge of the ways in which they were being exploited to to go and do something about it um, and similarly and similarly dramatically uh, the Spanish Civil War the fact that uh, the like the Republic um, of Spain when they were fighting off the coup from uh, Franco the fact that it was largely organised through like the, the CNT the syndicalist union who had built this sort of mentality among the working class the which is still there today it's still there yeah like there's still like little anarchist enclaves in uh, in Spain I'm gonna pronounce it wrong but Marina late no 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 Marina later no it's a there's a beautiful town in Spain that is ran as a like a like you see the Guardian talking about it and they're calling it <laughs> what if communism worked <laughs> oh we we love to flatten those things um, yeah, it was it's it's it but it's it's very funny that even the guardians being like this how they made a utopia sort of thing like like and i say utopia their, their words yeah. not mine like nothing's ever perfect but it's mm-hmm. damn sight better than most places like it what it what it started as a town that was like we have an aging population here and not many people to look after them. How do we sort of manage this? And evolving from there and then a lot of the ways that they got their um, their, their money and resources to do it is by robbing supermarkets and neighbouring towns. <laughs> which is very no. fucking cool. Um, and, and giving them directly to homeless people often that's, that's cool. in the streets of those towns if yeah. like, they were there and they're taking any surplus stuff they had back home, which yeah. is it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> It worked. The, the, the mayor, who is the uh, of that town, and who is like I think the the current secretary of his union. I can't remember what it's called though. Oh, it's a union party 
at that point they're kind of mm. if you're running a town like it's yeah. one of the same really <laughs> but like um like like he's he's the head of that and like he he's he's done quite a fair bit for that town i was going somewhere with, oh yeah spain's pretty radical yeah, <laughs> in I the think... valencia uh, the coast the in not the bit that points out to the Atlantic, the bit that points in... What's the... Mediterranean, Mediterranean thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that bit of Spain's pretty wild. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, like, that's that's sort of the thing about this second goal, is that it breeds a sort of mentality in people that just doesn't go away. Once, once people, like, realise that actually they, they do sort of deserve to control their lives they do actually deserve autonomy they do actually deserve not to be exploited by people it, it stays with them it's a very like addictive way to think because yeah it is better than it's I, better than working for someone else's profit are you suggesting i as a brit don't have to suffer because <laughs> <laughs> that is what i want to do all the time oh. Um, but you should get to suffer on your terms. That's true, shit. The, the, yeah. That's what the Queen would want. The Queen would want you to suffer in the way that you see that's fit. That's true, yeah. She 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 does she R. stands R. with the workers. They've been weaking up burning as Just edging our bets. I mean they've just been weaking up burning Bernie's in her for a long time, right? She's I, I'm I'm living in a universe where she's dead. But yeah, once, <laughs> once you see yeah, Beyond the pale, like through the fade, and then you see like what could be, mm. and then suddenly look back and see what is. After going completely insane, you start thinking to yourself, "Wait, no, that looked pretty good." Like, and like that's that sort of undoing that, undoing the way that that made people think and feel, has been like the project of the last forty years of the of the right wing, like at least. Like, I'm just sort of talking, like, uh, neoliberalism specifically um, and sort of the way that that created uh, the world that Mark Fisher wrote about in Capitalist Realism. Like, this idea that there is only this way of being, this is the only way that exists and works and can function... That is a lie. That's a lie put into place. And part of the one of the goals of uh, the trade union movement, in my opinion, should be to demonstrate that that's not the case. Again, like we talked about uh, Mick Lynch last episode, where he's saying like we want to like bargain for things to be better because the alternative is to beg, and we're above that because because he can see that. It doesn't have to be this way. He can. He has escaped at least part of that capitalist realism that it's not just about what the bosses are willing to give down to you. You have the power to take something better if you and your co-workers come together to, to demand it. Uh, yeah. I, I had something to say, but I started <laughs> thinking about the man behind me. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I've said yet, but in my room there is a, there's a big picture that Adam made me for my birthday, my housemate, of Everard Clare from <laughs> Disco Elysium, <laughs> reminding me to, you know, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> he's uh, very distracting. Yeah, he's good. He's, I, I, he's behind me. That's why I'm sitting this yeah, way. Yeah, he's very large. Um, 
Oh, fuck. What were we just talking about? Because I did have something to say that wasn't um, Frogman. Catal- Catalyst Realism, Mark Mick Lynch. Mick Lynch, Mark Fisher. Yeah. Once, once people start seeing, one, what they're worth, they start making small concessions, and then once you start seeing that, hey, we're pretty much running the show at this point, like, we've been doing this the whole time, yeah. like, why, why, why do we live in this silly, silly way? Like, yeah, and that's, and that's a much longer term and a much more difficult and almost more, like, ephemeral concept for unions to do but like i think again sort of uh, doing similar to what i did with the first goal that we talked about of like you as an activist deciding to get into trade union work there is a really good sort of in with people uh when you work with them and you can demonstrate to them that they are being exploited and that they should have you know a better life they should have control over their their own day they shouldn't have to like take part in a capitalist murder machine in order to survive like unless they want to (laughs) (laughs) i i am queer and neurodivergent (laughs) this is my emotional support war crimes um i really want to work for lockheed martin okay (laughs) war criminal discourse I'm not doing it <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we've covered all those points there though yeah um, I don't think I have anything else to say other than like yeah if you're deci- if you're deciding that you want other people to if you want other people to understand that the world can be better if you want them to escape capitalist realism, that's one of the goals of trade unionism and another reason that you should get in, choose to get involved with this as as a activism that you do um i think the sort of final point that i wanted to make today really uh, because we're sort of coming up to time i know there's we, like, like there's five, like five, five minutes of five minutes of bump at the start yeah. and then obviously yelling about the disco elysium man and minions i'm gonna leave that there <laughs> Okay, sure. <laughs> Fuck it, yeah. He's a trade union boss, you can't say that. He's a union man. He's a union man. Ugh. Ignore, you know, his fucking, uh, what he's about, but <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of the big man behind me. <laughs> <laughs> the big man behind the union podcast. Um... <laughs> Okay, yeah, so I think the final thing I sort of want to leave on, uh, and again, I'm going to quote from uh, Lost in Work by Amelia Hogan, um, where a lot of people who want to do activism because they think they want to help their community don't necessarily see work as community. Uh, so I just want to read a quote from uh, Rohan Cohn, or Con. An organiser with Sheffield Needs a Pay Rise and member of ACORN, the community union, which says... I know those guys. Yeah, I I know those people. Um, Organising, wherever it takes place, is the process of building leadership to intangible change through collective action. Where we draw false distinctions between the workplace and wider community, we artificially compartmentalise our lives and limit our organising solutions to issues from pay and ours to housing and public services. 
And I really like that quote because I think it sort of illustrates to me that uh, I, I don't like being in work. If I could choose not to, I would not. Yeah. I'd, I'd live on a farm in like the Peak District or something and have a bunch of cats, and that's what I'd do. Um, it and sounds I'd, like work to me. Yeah, but that's... You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like being in my job, yeah. necessarily. Yes, I understand. Um, and sometimes it is hard to conceptualise of work, somewhere you work as a community, but these are people with similar economic pressures to yourself. These are people who can offer you a perspective on the world around you that you may not have considered. Uh, they're people who could be like solid comrades uh, in going forwards. There are also people who will have... Well, one guy in our office is like, he... he, he run he, he worked in the software development stuff for a bank in Nigeria and stuff. Um and, and another guy's like wasn't initially a software developer, he came into this through various different mm. paths. And like someone like that and like the people you work with have a weird selection of skills that you you would not believe. If you just ask people like what their hobbies are and what they yeah. do and stuff, those skills can be invaluable. Is that the right word? Valu- yeah. Invaluable, yeah. Inflammable, infl- like In, those those skills could be inflammable. <laughs> those could be inflammable. You can't burn those skills to, like, <laughs> <laughs> to to union building or to even just like community building. I mean, yeah. that's what you're kind of doing. You, you're in a community already. You're just trying to make it yours. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and th- those skills, you will never know when they come in handy. Uh, I, straight away in my head, I don't know why, but I was like, oh, like, you know, PCS has a samba band, like... We do have a samba band. That's pretty wild. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, uh, they go to a bunch of the the marches and protests and stuff. Um, you see them at the start, like, practicing, and, like, they hand out little, like, tambourines and, tambourines and stuff to people who haven't necessarily done it before, and people just learn to do samba tunes. It's, it's, it's great. Cool. And being in, a, like, a march on strike, like, is pretty good, but it's nothing compared to being in a march on strike with a fucking samba band. <laughs> like, especially, we went underneath a tunnel, so it was echoing like crazy, and oh, it was amazing. Yeah. And then someone with a penny whistle playing Solitarity Forever next to it. It was just surreal. It was oh. great. But yeah, yeah, the people around you, whether you work with them or whether you live next to them, they are part of your community. They are part of um, us, the working class, like, generally... And I think um, it can sometimes feel like if you focus on your workplace, you might be abandoning community. But I think that's that's not right. I think it's a different kind of community that gives you a bunch of skills and a bunch of connections and a bunch of knowledge and like general satisfaction day to day in somewhere that you're already going to be at. You're already there. And like I say, I think that's my sort of core point for why you should get involved in union activism. Because you want to get involved in activism and you're already at work. I'm going to paraphrase the shit out of this quote that's been floating around my head. This is what I was going to say earlier and stuff. I'm paraphrasing so it's not an actual quote. It's just a collection of words that kind of says something similar to it. Um, As always with like... 
existence. I, this is me, but hello, I'm Henry. Um, there, there is always a like a community wherever you go. More specifically, there is a community where you live, and there's a community where you play. But one that people forget about, there is a community where you work, and don't forget that. People are where you work, Henry. People, <laughs> people be there sometimes. People say that people say that it's not like that, but sometimes it do be. It, it do be like that. It do people be like do that. be there people where you work. People do be literally there. People be working, bitches be working. <laughs> you better work. You better. That... <laughs> Red Spears did say that. Yeah. I'm just thinking of that picture with Marx and then Engels and then, and then Lenin yeah. now Britney Spears. Like. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, Mar Marxism, um, no, it's so socialism with bimbo characteristics, yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh my god. Um, I've, I've ruined this. <laughs> I can't get it Corey to Corey is currently pulling, um, she's tearing out the intestines. <laughs> it's a minion charger and <laughs> there's a retractable wire and I can't get it to retractable. <laughs> oh, fucked it. Fucked it up so bad. I bought you this, it's fine. <laughs> Point to wrap things up, huh? <laughs> yeah. After the destruction of this poor minion. The, oh. um, just, just leave her. She's, she's gone. <laughs> it's so fucked. She's long gone. I think that's about it, unless there's anything else. Uh, no, just to say, listen in next time. We're going to try reach out to some union organisers, uh, hopefully to come on and talk to us about the specific activism that they're doing. Uh, if we can't get anyone available in any sort of reasonable time frame, they're all very busy people. Um, especially at the moment. Especially <laughs> at the moment, hell yeah. Uh, if we can't get anyone, we will potentially be talking about the different organiser training that we've been through. Uh, similarities between it, differences between it. Um, the, um, I mean, the goals usually. Yeah. Uh, for what differs there, but yeah. Oh. Fuck it, we might watch, just watch Pride and talk about how when they sing Bread and Roses I cry. This is a good, <laughs> it's a good film. Uh, <laughs> fuck, it's a good film. I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the cinema. Um, right, we have socials now. Uh, we have um, our Twitter account, which is just Unions in the UK. Simple as that. And our email address, also UK at gmail.com if you want to bother us with anything. I don't know what to expect from an email address, but we have one. Yeah, I mean, if you've got any questions about uh, unions in the UK that you want to ask specifically, if you've got any ideas for episodes, if you want me to spend hours talking about, like, the histories of specific unions, I am happy to do the research and go through the six dozen name changes of, like all the major unions in the UK because they've all consolidated recently. If you want me to talk about stuff like uh, the recent thing where GMB made a deal with Deliveroo, I can do a uh, some time on that, things like that. It'd be um, good to talk about that one, actually. It would be quite good to talk about that one because um, that one's a very strange situation that um, we, people have complicated feelings about. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anything like that, anything you want to know about unions in the UK, send us an email, at us on Twitter. Uh, if you have any corrections to anything I've said in this episode, no you don't, uh, I'm right. And um, that's 
and she is. That's <laughs> that, that's fucking it. Uh, I was very quickly looking for the quote I was trying to paraphrase before, but I think we should end on the fact that Corey has fixed Dominion. So yeah. that's pretty good. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Oh, dude, I'm so bad. <laughs> He's gonna piss now. Yeah, that's not happening off mic. No, no, don't worry. <laughs> I'm not doing that for the pod. <laughs> that's for the bonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna do an OnlyFans. We're gonna be the only leftist podcast with an OnlyFans. Oh, with yeah. Not yeah. A Stay tuned for that soon. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have an OnlyFans, but not a Patreon, and it's just gonna be weird. <laughs> Very good.